for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Welcome to Living Life. Yesterday, we saw a new man on the stage in the book of Job. His name was Elihu, son of Barakal, the Buzzite, family of Ram. He was the youngest person amongst Job's friends. He was even younger than Job. Therefore, he let Job and the three friends speak first as showing respect to their age and experiences. Unfortunately, the conversation between Job and his three friends did not go very well. Therefore, Elihu decided to speak and gave seven reasons why he thought that he had right to speak. Yesterday, we covered the first four reasons. Today, we will see three more reasons. Let's read today's passage and find out what those three reasons are. Job chapter 32, verses 11 through 22. I waited while you spoke. I listened to your reasoning while you were searching for words. I gave you my full attention, but not one of you has proved Job wrong. None of you has answered his arguments. Do not say we have found wisdom. Let God, not a man, refute him. But Job has not marshaled his words against me, and I will not answer him with your arguments. They are dismayed and have no more to say. Words have failed them. Must I wait now that they are silent, now that they stand there with no reply? I too will have my say. I too will tell what I know. For I am full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. Inside I am like bottled up wine, like new wineskins ready to burst. I must speak and find relief. I must open my lips and reply. I will show no partiality, nor will I flatter anyone. For if I were skilled in flattery, my maker would soon take me away. Welcome back to Living Life. Let's get down to the last three reasons why Elihu had right to speak to Job and the three friends. First, let's read verses 11 through 15. I waited while you spoke. I listened to your reasoning. While you were searching for words, I gave you my full attention. But not one of you has proved Job wrong. None of you has answered his arguments. Do not say we have found wisdom. Let God, not a man, refute him. But Job has not marshaled his words against me, and I will not answer him with your arguments. They are dismayed and have no more to say. Words have failed them. Elijah was saying, I have been listening to the conversation, but none of you has proved Job wrong. No one has answered Job's arguments. It's verse 12. Basically, three friends failed to refute Job's arguments. They claimed to be wise, but, but then they had given up, and now they were leaving everything to God to answer Job. Verse 13. Therefore, Elihu said, I'm not going to use your arguments. I'm going to use my own arguments and refute Job. Verse 14. So the fifth reason is 
that uh, Elihu had the right to speak because the three friends failed to prove that Job, uh, Job was wrong. Only Elihu could do that. Let's see the sixth reason. Let's read verses 16 through 20. Must I wait now that they are silent, now that they stand there with no reply? I too will have my say. I too will tell what I know. For I am full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. Inside I am like bottled up wine, like new wineskins ready to burst. I must speak and find relief. I must open my lips and reply. Elijah was tired and angry. Uh, that Job's friends had no further reply. That's why he said in verses 17 and 18, I too will have my say, I too will tell what I know, for I am full of words, and the spirit within me compels me. The six reasons why uh, Elihu had the right to speak was that he was compelled to speak to Job because he was tired and angry to see Job's friends fail to win Job's arguments. Finally, let's see the seventh reason, the last reason. Let's read verses 21 and 22. I will show no partiality, nor will I flatter anyone. For if I were skilled in flattery, my maker would soon take me away. Elihu said, I will show no partiality, nor will I flatter anyone. He was very brave to say that he would offer an unbiased opinion. And his answer would not be influenced by flattery. The last reason is that Elihu had the right to speak because he would not show any favoritism to either side, neither Job's side nor friend's side. And he would not flatter anyone. So in summary, these are three reasons that he had to speak. First, Job's three friends failed to prove Job wrong. Secondly, therefore he was compelled to prove Job wrong, because it was only he could do it. Lastly, his arguments would show no favoritism, and he would flatter anyone. He is basically saying, I'm right. You guys are all wrong. That's why I'm more than able to prove that Job is wrong here and now. What is today's takeaway? Elihu had a good start. He was very brave and wanted to raise his voice against lie, falsehood, and unrighteousness before God. He was also very considerate. He waited patiently until Job's friends finished speaking. However, Elihu's first mistake was his anger. He was angry when he was speaking. He should have calmed down first and speak. The second mistake that we see in today's passage is that he was very self-righteous. Everyone was wrong except himself. It's like the story that Jesus told to his disciples. There were two people praying in the temple. One is a Pharisee. He says, I thank God that I'm not one of these sinners. I fast twice a, day, a week. I give tithe of all that I possess. I'm so righteous. I'm so good Christian. But there was another man praying. It was a tax collector. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. This is what Jesus says in Luke 18, 14. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, 
when home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Elihu thought that he would win this game, but he already lost because he was self-righteous, proud, and arrogant. Jesus said that all who exalt themselves will be humbled. This is so true later on when God revealed himself before Job and his friends. God humiliated Job's friends, including Elihu, but God exalted Job. Lastly, Elihu was not only self-righteous and arrogant, but also super-duper spiritual. Do you remember what made him so proud? It's written in verses 8 through 10. I read verse 8 and 10. But it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. Therefore, I say, listen to me. I too will tell you what I know. This is what Elihu basically said. You guys have all failed. I'm the only person who can fix this problem. And it is I who can say right things because I have the Spirit of God in me. Elihu claimed himself super spiritual. Therefore, he is always right. Why? Because he has the Spirit of God. He speaks and acts always right. Why? Because he has God's Spirit. This sounds so cult. This is the pitfall that all believers can fall, especially those who call themselves spiritual leaders. I know God. I know the Word of God. I have Holy Spirit inside of me, so I'm righteous. You guys are all sinners. Therefore, you guys are all wrong. Repent. Confess your sins. With the Word of God, we judge our family members. With the Word of God, we judge our church members. And with the Word of God, we judge the whole world because we are spiritual. And they are kernel. Do you think you are right and the other person is wrong? Then remember this before you speak. James 1, 26. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Do you think you are spiritual? Guard your lips. Uh, let me finish with these two questions. How do you humble yourself before God? And how do you tame your tongue in front of people? Let's pray. Dear God, with the tongue that you gave to me, I frequently judge others instead of praising them and loving them. Lord, help me that I always control my tongue with a part of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer.